Simpsons Podcast. It's the Simpsons Podcast where we discuss episodes from seasons 11 and beyond. Our mission statement is to find out if any episodes from those seasons are worthwhile. I'm half an annoyed grunt boy, Craig. And I'm half an annoyed annoyed grunt boy, Steve. This is our first time doing this new intro. That's right. Can you tell? We are annoyed grunt boys. It's easy to say. It rolls off the tongue. Steve, how have you been this week? Well, Craig, I know we haven't really talked about the episode at all yet because we're only about 30 seconds in. But in preparation, I decided to sleep crappily in bed last night. Not like I crapped myself, but <laughs> sleep poorly. And I threw out my neck so I can only turn my head left about 20 degrees. And it's in a great deal of pain. Talking about your neck is literally making me trying to crack my neck for like relief. And I feel you. Uh, sleeping fun E is not fun. That's true. Was it, was it hot? It is was it like hot. Temperature wise, like was the room too hot? We had AC on, but I was still really kind of warm because I'm a hot sleeper. I don't know if that's... <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> I sleep hot. I get yeah. I get hot in my sleep. And so I had most of the blankets kicked underneath me and maybe the pillow situation was a little off. Now, I'm assuming you're on a monster. You don't sleep with socks on, of course. No, never. Um, I don't sleep with pants on. Do you prefer your feet outside the blanket when you sleep or inside the blanket? Outside. Me too. I, I just get too hot. And that also shows that we're pretty brave because those monsters, <laughs> they, true. Can, they can get us, but... We're, we're ready for them. Yeah, I, I'm not afraid of any boogeyman. Boogie people, Steve? Come on. Oh, sorry. That's true. Sorry, <laughs> boogie and sensitive of me. I think that's like the first thing I do. I get in bed, but I pull the covers all the way over, and then mm-hmm. I mess them up. Like, all right, And now the feet are out. I also don't prefer, I don't like sheets. I like a comforter, and that's it. We don't have it currently, but uh, in the winter months, we have a, sh- a top sheet, as it's called. And I actually prefer just that. I could see that, especially in summertime. Uh, yeah, but I will say that one of the best things that we've ever done for our relationship and I implore everybody in a couple them to do this. Buy two comforters. It's good for your quality of sleep because you don't need, like, it's cute to cuddle with people and, like, spoon them and do all that but when it's sleep time, it's sleep time. Right. And I just want to roll over and Laura's the same way. We just want to roll over and go to sleep. It's not a bad idea. Winter times we have a heated blanket underneath the fitted sheet mm-hmm. and that's amazing. I hate it. I hate it. You know, I like... hate a heated blanket. It's so hot. But that's for winter my house is not really insulated that well it was built in, yeah in the 70s so when it's cold it's cold when it's hot it's hot thank god yeah. for ac i do like i just the- want it to be a cool like 50 degrees year round i want to sleep in a basement uh, basement sleeping was pretty fun yeah um all right well i hope your neck feels better thank you i appreciate that steve can i do a little cleaning out the podcast closet i don't know if we're this is a new segment we talk a lot about things that we're into each episode mm-hmm. and then we never come back to it yeah so i'm gonna quiz you real quick okay uh, all right i got a list here how is doom patrol it's good it's so good it got renewed for a second season and you watched the entire first season sure no i didn't you just i will to... okay that's fine steve how's your spider-man reading okay here's what i'm very upset about as i mentioned i ordered collections of them i finished the first collection enjoyed it thoroughly ordered one and two from independent buyers on a very large site that delivers things via drone and it's named after a jungle issue number three came like a week later which was uh, which is what i was expecting i still have yet to receive volume two and even though i know that i could figure out what's going on i don't want to start volume three and 
until I get to volume two. That makes sense. So I am stuck. And it's supposed to be here by August 1st, which is in, as of this recording, two days. And I just want my damn Spider-Man. All right. You're keeping up with there. That's fine. Yeah. How's the uh, TV podcast with you and your wife, Laura, going? I'm going to safely say that that's probably not going (laughs) to happen immediately. Okay. We have a few other projects in the works that we're talking about. Like a baby. So... Dear God, no. I'm uh, going to keep that in there and you're going to be like, oh, dear God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm thinking more like podcasts. We we're talking about doing one based on a popular reality show that is airing right now. I have yet to watch any Bachelor, but I listen to a lot of podcasts and radio programs where the specifically one of the biggest radio DJs of all time is a huge Bachelor fan, too. Mm-hmm. And I think when Bachelor comes around, we're going to watch it. Yeah, so about three or four years years ago laura got into it maybe through a co-worker or something mm-hmm. and she fully like admits that it's it's an awful show that's it's what everyone very... says yeah that's what everyone yeah. says but she's really into it and siri is into it too um shut up siri hey siri uh, who let the dogs out i don't know if she can say it <laughs> wait did you somebody else's siri went off i heard it it was mine but okay yeah so about three or four years ago she really got into it and i will sometimes watch a few episodes with her and i can get into it too and i can totally understand how it's addicting but next week is the beginning of bachelor in paradise which is kind of like I heard, the all-star game. It's bananas. Like I heard, has sex yeah, and like, I heard that one's fun. It is. It's it's the grossest one, but it's also the most fun. All right. Maybe we'll start that up. Um, yeah, I just finished season one of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, how do you like that? Fucking love it, man. Yeah. Uh, have you watched it? Yes. Uh, we didn't. I didn't finish. I got about halfway through season two and then for whatever reason okay. didn't finish it. But I thoroughly enjoyed season one. I heard season two was was really good so well, i guess each is on right yeah and i'll probably finish it i think uh laura wasn't as much into it uh, I see. so i just need to finish it on my own not a fan of the cat skills no um fast talking i just don't understand because i have a cat and i don't see her gills oh sorry Craig, you misunderstood uh-huh. they're talking about the talents of the feline cat skills oh i get it yeah any other fun things for you this week not so much i was gonna see the new tarantino movie have but it. with yeah. my neck being what it is, I did not go today. So And Tarantino likes it when you you know turn left and right in the theater. <laughs> yeah. I see all those feet. Apparently there's a lot of feet from what I've heard. <laughs> Yeah, he's got a likeness that he thinks. Uh, so, he's got a thing that he likes. I, I wanted to see it too, but it's also like three hours, really. But it's funny when I'm saying like three hours, really. And literally right now while I'm talking to you, mm-hmm. um, Avengers Endgame is now on digital. So I have it on right now, which is a three hour <laughs> movie. But I'm watching right. it with. So if I'm not talking, it's because I'm watching Avengers Endgame with closed captionings. I'm glad uh, to see that you're fully committed. Okay, thanks. I mean, yeah. I just want to talk about these movies, but you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> I have some kind of funny news, I guess. Not news, but my my gripe of the week was I talked to you about this before, but it wasn't on podcast. Mm-hmm. Was I had almost a flat tire, so I had to get two new front tires just to balance them out, right? Right. So last week I went and got those tires, and the following week one of the new tires already got a flat. Oh jeez! And I didn't get the twelve dollar like warranty from fucking Walmart. Of course. And so what happened, like, it must have hit something, like, sharp. It almost looked like someone took a knife to it, like, almost slashed my tires. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, I go into Walmart this, like, Sunday. Literally a week from the same day I had the tires put in. I'm like, hey, I just got this tire last Sunday, and now I need a new tire. 
the guy's horse was like, well, you didn't get the warranty, so you have to get a new tire. I'm like, yeah, I fucking know. Right. Also, like, I felt like maybe I could have, like, if the guy didn't have such a bad attitude, I could have mm-hmm. kind of haggled with him. Like, look, dude, there's got to be a factory warranty or something, like, with 90 days, these tires, right? There, there had to have yeah. been, but there apparently wasn't, or he didn't help me. Because literally seven days later, I have to buy another tire. Like, they could, I could, I, like, I almost wanted to say, could I say I bought the $12 insurance thing? And mm-hmm. then you guys can, like, give me a new tire for, like, half the price. Whatever, right? The guy yeah. wasn't having it. He was really poor customer service. Ugh. Like, he kept telling every customer, he's like, oh, we're understaffed today. Oh, we're understaffed today. Like, the, we don't care. Customers no. don't give a shit about that. It's like, we just want this. Anyways, here's the thing is, don't buy tires at Walmart. Go to <laughs> actual good place. Yeah. Um, I did it because it was cheap. And wise man once said, you cry over the best and most expensive thing only once. It's true. So if I went to like here in the Pacific Northwest, we have a tire place called Les Schwab, which I've mm-hmm. frequented many times and they're fucking awesome. And I don't know why I didn't, I didn't go there. I would have spent the same amount of money, maybe less now that I technically bought three tires. Yeah. And there's also that old adage about taking special care of anything that becomes between you and the floor. Right. So you're supposed to spend more money on, on shoes bed and tires so yeah and i've been to this les schwab before this company in, in portland or just in the mm-hmm. Pacific northwest i think they're just oregon washington maybe i don't think so yeah um but i've gone in there before where i've purchased tires in the past and i had a flat and i've gone in there I'm like hey i need a flat repair then they're like did you buy this tire from us and i'm like no it's like all right well we'll fix it for free just next time you want to buy tires come here oh such good service i know and it, they're known for great service so mm-hmm. there that was my quick like and here's the thing is like it sucks but what are you gonna do right yeah you just have to go with the flow (sighs) steve let's get on with this week's episode let's talk about the year 2001 2001 it's a fresh year steve it's the beginning of the new millennium it is and it's also the beginning of a new presidency Ooh, do tell well uh after a great deal of contention in november george w bush is elected this week of this episode there will never be a worse president than george w bush how could you have anything worse than george w bush what are you going to just grab some sort of like reality tv star and make him president that'd be ridiculous that's how the country is it's always divided no matter who's president you know the left is divided when the right's in the office and vice versa yeah and and you look back at it now like Aziz Ansari on uh, SNL when Trump was elected president when he hosted a few years ago mm-hmm. in 2016 and he was like looking back at inspirational quotes from George W. Bush <laughs> to be like <laughs> things will get better <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny funny guy terrible funny terrible guy. terrible dater but funny guy yeah yeah. Is it too soon for that, or he's a politics? Uh, yeah. His thing know. wasn't bad. I mean, it was bad. No, it, it was him being a bad date. Yeah, he was being a bad date, not necessarily a bad, like, dude. Yeah. And on the grand scheme of things, there's much worse. But, yeah. All right, well. So, yeah, I don't know. It's dicey. So... Instead of giving you the top ten, I'm just gonna give you the top five. We're gonna we're gonna short these music and movies down to see what we're watching this week. All right? Yeah. What were you really watching? Right. Exactly. Number five was Miss Congeniality, hmm. which I remember a few episodes ago. Uh, number two was on the top five or ten. That's right. Uh, number four was Thirteen Days. Uh, number three was What Women Want. We've talked about that before. Mm-hmm. Number two was Traffic. Mm-hmm. And number one movie of January 12th through 14th, 2001. What everyone was watching that weekend was Save the Last Dance with, of course, Julia Stiles. Yes. 
And whatever happened to her? I, that's a good question. I don't know. I think she should be. Feels like she should be on a on like a CW show as a teacher to one of the high school students from said CW show. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> and she would have her credits and Julia Styles in in the credits. Right. And she'd be kind of like the get kind of like Luke Perry was on Riverdale. Right. Oh, maybe she should. Re- oh, no, I don't know. I never watched I Riverdale. I, I I was pretty much referencing Riverdale. Yeah. Uh, so any of those movies, I I probably saw Miss Congeniality. Yeah. I saw What Women Want. I told you about that story, right? Right. I believe the, we may have the first it. day of advertising class. We watched. Oh, what yes, women yes, yes. Want. Yeah. That's what you do, guys. When you're, I guess, a professor in college. First thing you do is show a movie. That's right. <laughs> All right, Steve, what were we listening to? Well, at number five, we were Arms Wide Open by Creed. Number four was Case of the X, What You're Gonna Do by Maya. Mm. Number three, He Loves You Not by Dream. And I just want to note that I'm not aware of who Dream is, but neither is Billboard because their picture is just showing the Billboard logo, not an actual picture of the artist. Yeah, I when you just said it now, I'm not too sure. Dream. Type in Dream in Google, you're going to get a lot of... <laughs> <laughs> what a terrible name for a band. It's so vague. Because, I mean, you can even type the doors in. and like yeah. You can type the doors in and you're probably going to get like, not doors near Vancouver. Oh, yeah. Well. <laughs> but the, then I go down and it's the doors. Okay, so... Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, what's number three? Well, that was number three. Oh, yeah, right. But I didn't name it. And so it wasn't me. And it wasn't me is number two, which is Shaggy featuring Ricardo Rick Rock Ducent. Man, this song used to play all the time on the radio when I was at mm-hmm. my pizza job. I really hate this song. Really? Yeah. I think I remember it at the pizza place job, and I kind of like the song. It was me. It also uh, has a classic video featuring T-Mobile sidekick phones and I- a lot of fake technology that didn't actually happen. Oh man. He did eventually, you know, get back together with his dog and continue to solve mysteries. <laughs> and your number one song is from the Carly's Angels soundtrack, Independent Women Part 1 by Destiny's Child. Whatever happened to them? I don't know. I mean, I'm still a big Kelly Rowland fan, but the rest of them, who knows? That's a fun song. Did you like those Mick G, Charlie's Angels movies? I don't remember them that well, but I do remember them being very stylized as he, you know, was a music video director, rather. Yeah. And so he really brought that to it. And I think that it kind of showed and it's really flashy and kind of perfect for the time that it was made. I think it's, yeah, you're right. It's right that time frame of the early 2000s. I think the first one was pretty good. I don't remember Mm -hmm. the second one as much. Uh, Did you see the trailer for the new Elizabeth Banks directed version? Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it has that same fun. Yeah, and it's weird to make a reboot of a movie about a TV series from the 70s. What are you going to do? That's all they're doing these days. Can't wait for the Simpsons reboot. Mm -hmm. Can't wait for this podcast to be rebooted by people more qualified than us. Yep, they'll be entertaining. Unlike us. All right, Steve, let's find out what ads we're going to do this week. No? All right. No, well, before that, 
Let's uh, talk about what episode we'll be watching. That week. works. Today we'll be watching Pokey Mom, which is the 10th episode of the 12th season. So in this episode, we go see the Simpsons family. They're going to an apron expo. Mm-hmm. And we get 40 minutes of that. That's it. Yep, just aprons. No. But ends up after the apron expo. They deleted that entire 40 minutes. Homer sees a rodeo, a prison rodeo. Ooh. And they see some rodeo going on. And then uh, Marge sees some artists played by Michael Keaton. And uh, he gets the war- she gets the warden to parole him. But he has to stay with them. And then gets him a job at Springfield Elementary to make a mural. And then, yeah, that's pretty much the episode. Okay, I don't think we need to do any more. You, you got it pretty good. So we don't have to do the episode? Nope, we're done. All this right, has well- been for the annoyed grunt boys. I've been half an annoyed grunt Steve. And I've been the annoyed grunt Craig. Please stay tuned for these messages. And what the hell, we'll throw in the rest of the episode too. And we're back. Today we are talking about Pokemon, originally aired January 14th, 2001. It is number 258 in the show's run. Your nerd code is CABFO5. It was written by Tom Martin, directed by Bob Anderson, and your showrunner is Mike Scully. So we haven't had a Tom Martin episode yet, which is fine because he's only written three of the episodes. Yeah. Uh, Pokemon was his last. Huh. Uh, he did write in this actual season, he wrote for Gift of Magi, another mm-hmm. season. 11, so the year before, and then season 10 episodes, Sunday, Cruddy Sunday, but you wrote that with George Meyer, Brian Scully, and Mike Scully. Ooh. Uh, but other writing credits include uh, SNL as a guest writer, the, okay. the Naked Truth, Just Shoot Me, Ooh, some sitcoms, yeah, Clone High, Wonder Girl, uh-huh. and is a former stand-up comedian. He co-created Talking Tom and Friends and is currently executive producer on Clash of Clans. Who was the writer? What? We talked about that. It's the uh, Clash of, Clash Rama. The He's yeah. one of the producers. It was another Simpsons writer ah, i can't remember mm-hmm. who that was hmm. but yeah so there you go there's Tom also Martin. worth noting that uh this the showrunner is mike scully and some people correctly or not blame scully as being the start of the demise of the quality of the simpsons when he took over so take that for what it is uh and then al gene what came back i don't know what season yeah i guess we could do research but we're we not could. that kind of show we're, no we're not that kind of show it just seems like for us al gene has been the showrunner well particularly with this podcast but i always remember him writing some good episodes right yeah because i think he came in around season eight or nine hmm. and there's still a lot of quality in there i mean i still argue that eight is one of the best seasons oh definitely. like three amazing episodes you have hurricane netty you have the insanity pepper and then you have lisa the vegetarian almost like one after another it's just quality right there yeah i mean look at his first episode was lisa's rival solid yeah i mean he goes down the the list here but he uh, was a consulting producer and writer for parks and rec great show Hmm. so well all right all right well our show starts with a chalkboard gag as it often does and it states i will not let the dogs out reference to the 1999 song who let the dogs out by the bajaha men so that joke doesn't hold up i don't think so it made me think of the song so i guess that's something you know i think the baja men had to sue 
Apple because if you would ask Siri who let the dogs out, it would go mm-hmm. woot, 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 woot. And <laughs> I think they had to assume because now if you ask Siri that same question, she says, like, I'm not allowed to say that anymore. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, guys, you get Siri out there. Hey, Siri, who let the dogs out? Due to unforeseen circumstances, that witticism has been retired. Wow. See, there you go. <laughs> nice. And Steve Siri is... Australian. Australian. Yeah, oh. I like Australian women. Okay. Especially the robots. <laughs> so, our couch gag is the wall and the sofa rotate to reveal a shackled and upside-down Ned Flanders, while a Vincent Price type laughs maniacally. I'm not getting the reference. I mean, I understand the Vincent Price. Yeah, this, uh, I don't... Universal horror Yeah, I, I just assume that at some point Vincent Price played a bad guy and was like a mad scientist type. But yeah, I don't specifically get the reference. And like, why Flanders? Yeah, I don't know. Alright, well, if you guys know it, please tweet us at 138Simpsons. Yep, so our episode opens with Marge trying to wake Homer. Marge uses the bed controls, which read full reverse, and max power, which is a fun nod to a previous episode, also in season 8, to fold the mattress in half, thus crushing Homer's juice box. We're meant to believe that, you know, the, the juice box is like his body. Right. I, I'm gonna bring this up. This is the start of the two joke <laughs> sequences in this episode. You know, there's the rule of three in comedy where you... It's satisfying for to have three beats to a joke. Right, so in this episode, there's, I think there's three, but only do two. Yeah, and this I is, think you're right. This is one of them, and we'll bring it back up when the others come up. Uh, so Marge is excited to go to the Apron Expo, and Homer's eager, eager to stay in bed until Marge entices. You and the kids always want to do fun stuff, but today we're doing something I like. <laughs> They're unveiling a combination apron smock. It's called a smapron. Did you say smockron? No, smapron. Oh. I like how she says to Mar or Homer that the kids and you always want to do something fun, but now it's my turn to go out. <laughs> yeah, that was a good line. Oh, that's a good line. I like that. So as the family reflect on the pleasure that was the Apron Expo and all of their new aprons, they drive past a prison rodeo that's happening today. I do enjoy that the family actually did have fun at the Apron yeah. Expo. Is this also they all loved it? Is this also like the Simpsons do a great job of like setting up like, oh, so this is where we're gonna go. This is what we're gonna see. We're gonna see them at the Apron Expo, and then it's like, nope, we don't. Also really liked Marge's line of being like disappointed in it because there were too many aprons. <laughs> that was good. Uh, it's a really classic Marge type line. I liked how Homer thought his apron said grill power but it was the <laughs> girl power. Um, I kind of want that apron or maybe I want it on my skin. Ooh. Spoilers? Hmm. Perhaps. For our tattoo segment later. Maybe or maybe Mouse, not. Clearly. Okay. So Charles Napier who was in a few episodes episodes ago is once again playing the role of the warden and he's also playing MC for the rodeo but I wonder if this is his first appearance as the warden. I think it just might be. Could be. That's kind of fun. Like we've talked about this, the continuity of this podcast and the episodes. Yeah, it's it's crazy. So now we've introduced the warden character and he's already been in two episodes and he's probably only been in like three episodes. So yeah, this is fun. Yeah. So as the uh, Simpsons sit down, we uh, see Homer has a tiny banner that says criminals. And, you know, we love those little flags as, we, as we've mentioned before. So criminals. Yay. So we see the first outlaw thrown violently off his horse but the warden reminds us that the uh, crowd reminds the crowd that these are criminals here comes our first outlaw (laughs) doggy well don't feel too bad for him folks he's in here for erecting a nativity scene on city property 
so much evil in the world. I did enjoy that. It's because they put a nativity scene. In a public place. <laughs> and the town goes crazy. Oh, I could get behind that. But, you know, now I feel like now if we don't put a nativity scene in a public place, <laughs> then America will go crazy. Well, let's uh, do the two and have nativity scenes for some and tiny flags that say criminal for others. <laughs> Everybody wins. I love it. Kang yes. and Kodos 2020, guys. Yes. So our next criminal catches the doggy, ties him, and is definitely just having a conversation with him and has no intention of slaughtering it. Now, I like this part, too, because the bull is being the bull and the criminal mm-hmm. is, is making the nodding no- notions of like, yeah, yeah, yeah see? We're good. Yeah. And I did like, I think it's Dan's noise, but when the bowl goes, mm, and he just kind of agrees, like, yeah, yeah, it's all good. And that's what's saying. But if you look at the criminal, I think he's is nodding the bull's head yeah. up and down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So finally, we meet a convict who's such a low life. Bob Dylan wrote a song about him to keep him in jail. Jack Crowley. Jack comes out riding the bull and is thrown off, and the bull has his eyes on him. So the reference to the Bob Dylan song is the hurricane. Here comes the story of the hurricane. The man the authorities came to play For something that he never done Put in a prison cell But one time he could have been The champion of the world Mm-hmm. About a boxer? Uh, there's also a movie called The Hurricane with Denzel Washington. That's right. Jack Crowley, though. That, that's such a great name. It is. That sounds like a Bob Dylan song. It'd be like, hey, we need to keep the Jack Crowley in or he's going to get out and bust a shin. I believe that it is an Ozzy Osbourne song, though, Mr. Crowley. I- Mr. Crowley. Steve, should we write the Bob Dylan, Jack Crowley song? I think we should, yeah. He may sound like Beetlejuice, but he's worse than the juice. Committing (laughs) crimes and doing times, we mustn't let him loose. It's Jack Crowley. Jack Crowley. He's got a time to flee. He's on the run with Marge and homie. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, we'll work on this song. The uh, possibly problematic rodeo clowns are of no use because they're still putting on their makeup and I thought, you know, they're being a little drama queeny, so probably problematic today. Is my lipstick even? Go like this. So Homer offers Lisa in her red dress uh, as a distraction for the bovine. As a bull charges to the Simpsons, Homer then looks to Bart to offer him calmness with his blue shirt, but Bart doesn't have a blue shirt, which is funny because in, I believe, the video games and in uh, promotions like Butterfinger commercials, and even in some like earlier episodes, like maybe the Tracy Owen shorts, Bart is uh, wearing a blue shirt. I think we've always talked about that, too. We've talked about that before, where packaging and, and even like on t-shirts bart's always wearing he's got his normal blue shorts but the light blue shirt Mm -hmm. and we've discussed that before of like is that a way for them to not have to pay like matt graining so much more money or yeah maybe because i know that and this is a different situation but like beavis and butthead instead of having a metallic and ac dc shirts would say like death rock and like something else but that's probably clearly a, a lot more legal reasons yeah you couldn't get a t-shirt with beavis and butthead that said acdc because i remember i always wanted back in like middle school i wanted the acdc or metallic oh, we... shirt yeah J- as, yeah that, and i think like, i had probably... spencer's gifts like missed a 
opportunity there because they could have made a bunch of money and the the bands could have made a bunch of money. I, I'm sure you can go on Etsy or AliExpress and any of these like bootleg websites mm-hmm. and get that shirt printed, no problem, for like five dollars. Yeah, ships from China again in two weeks. <laughs> but yeah, like Hot Topic, like definitely right now, like that would probably sell so much because of the nostalgia. Oh, yeah. So uh, Homer's kicked uh, by the bull into the guard tower, which causes a guard to shoot off several rounds of tear gas. At the prison infirmary, we see a bruised Jack Crowley, a silent sideshow Bob in full head cast. By the way, that's joke one of a continuing joke coming up, so there's another one. And the bull, which I thought was hilarious, getting his <laughs> horn bandaged up. And Homer, who has thrown out his back, much like Steve, but in neck form. Yep. Yeah, it's it hurts, so. And he wincing, that's why. So Marge tells Homer to focus on something positive to fight the pain, and points to a painting of Jimi Hendrix that really captures his passion and intensity, as well as his fondness for the guitar. It turns out convict Jack Crowley, voiced by Batman himself. I'm Batman. Michael Keaton. Ooh. Painted it. Keaton. Uh, and Marge, who studied art, remember that, guys? Thinks Mm -hmm. he has a real talent. We then hear Steve's favorite line from the episode. Steve, let's hear your line. He painted a unicorn in outer space. I'm asking you, what's it breathing? Air? Ain't no air in space. There's an air in space museum. There's no air in space. There's an air and space museum. I feel like we have said this to each other. I think you're right. And it's one of those instances that we, I think we've come upon, come upon before where we know the quote, but we don't know the episode that it's from. So my favorite quote is a two-parter, also part of my two-part joke series mm-hmm. of this episode. And I forgot it was from this episode. So yeah, this has yeah. very quotable things for me and instances which will come yeah. up to soon. I know what you're talking about and you're totally right. All right. my second place so the frustrated warden has homer thrown out on his sword back and they leave the gosh darn uh, forsaken heck hole marge sees jack crowley raking leaves in the visage of a sunset oh, meanwhile God. bart and lisa are, are in prison as act one ends i like the fact that they kept bart and lisa in the prison he's just doing he's just doing yeah. his, his weights i think it suits him well i mean he'll do well in prison the next day, Homer is still suffering from severe back pain, but Marge is distracted by the Waterville prison, which is conveniently placed on clear view of her kitchen window. Marge decides to volunteer to teach class in prison. Marge looking through the window to the prison, mm-hmm. really there, that's set up for joke one of part two joke. That's number three in the number two series. We'll see how many two jokes are in this episode. All right, so her class is called Freeing the Artist Within, and it gets off to a rocky start, but Jack Crowley is there to paint and help out. Now, I wanted to paint fresh fruit, but the prison cafeteria would only give me sauerkraut. That's depressing. Let's let a little sunshine in. Question? Can I smell your dress? (laughs) Hey, you show some respect. This one here is not for smelling. Why, thank you, Jack. No problem. Now, let's paint. Hey, can I smell your clothes? Homer then visits Dr. Hibbert, and while he agrees that Homer's spine is more twisted than a Sinbad's take on marriage, <laughs> he can't do anything because doctors spend too much time on the front. Uh, Homer There's a lot ref- of fun stuff down there. Yeah, I thought that was a cute little joke from Homer. And then Homer refers to a chiropractor, even though that he thought doctors shun that sort of thing. But, you know, Dr. Hibbert needs him for his golf game. That's right. So back at the prison, Marge offers some painting techniques to prisoner Sardonicus. And then we see the soulful art of Jack 
Jack Crowley, and we learn that he's incarcerated because he shot a poo, which is now a minor offense with just a hundred dollar fine. Uh, that's a fun callback to many Apu getting shot jokes. Mm-hmm. Uh, now Apu sadly not on the show anymore. That's true. He got shot off the air. We then see Homer visiting the chiropractor, Doctor Steve. Hello, Homer. I'm Doctor Steve. Please lie down. Hmm. Wake up, Homer. Less yakking, more cracking. Now, Homer, we don't actually crack backs. It's merely an adjustment. Okay, you're going to hear a loud cracking sound. There we go. Hey, it feels a little better. Mm Mm-hmm. I thought it might. Now, I'll need to see you three times a week for uh, many years. Steve, he's got your name. It's true. Maybe I'm a doctor. Although, if I was, I would be able to cure my neck right now. So, at home, Marge is baking cookies to bribe the judges, and Jack is up for parole. She also tells Bart that Sideshow Bob will see him real soon. That's yep. part two of first joke. We saw Sideshow Bob in the prison, bandage mm-hmm. up, of course, and now we got the Sideshow Bob thing. Also, get this, he will. In three more episodes, Sideshow Bob comes back. Like, Whoa. Anyways, I thought that was fun. So, Bart wants one of those fresh baked cookies, but he can't do so until he finishes his Sunday. Oh, I grease the wheels of justice with some cookies. Oh, can I have some? Not till you finish your Sunday. Joke four now? Uh, second yep. Joke? Okay. So I might have alluded to it earlier mm-hmm. about my favorite quote. It's, I think it's actually the Sunday. I, that, that was my definitely, I didn't want to bury the lead or, you know, yeah. expose myself too quickly, but that was definitely my second pick it, after the year of the Space Museum. I think I use the Sunday quote a lot via text with friends. It, it just comes up organically, but I, you know, it'd be like, hey, do you want to go? Let's say, let's say, hey, do you want to go to the bar tonight? Like, not until you finish your Sunday. And then uh-huh. Exactly. I'm like, and then I always respond like, why don't people like my Sundays? Which, oh, spoiler, that's the joke at the for the second part. Yeah. But I just forgot it came from this episode. I mean, I always think that our quotes that I use in everyday conversation would only come from like seasons one through ten. Right. But no, guys, we can quote seasons eleven and beyond. That's that's the beauty of our podcast because we're showing you that there's a whole well of stuff to not be original by. Nice. Seasons offer you so much, and so just look for it. All right. So okay. At the parole board, Marge pleads to the warden to free Mr. Crowley. And he does. Under the custody of Marge, though. Excited, Jack hugs Marge, accidentally choking her with his shackles. So back at the house, Marge has set up an easel and a cot in the basement for Jack. And he's pretty appreciative. And also we learn that he's Jewish? Yeah, why not? It's kind of weird how they're, like, both kind of joking. And it's like, good thing you're not Muslim. It's just kind of weird. Weird. He did ask for which which way is Mecca. Mecca. And... And another odd thing is we just watched Homerland a few episodes ago, which was also about oh, Islamic yeah. and Homer. Lisa thinking Homer was praying to Mecca. That's true. Huh. Oh, weird. Interesting. Uh, Homer is meanwhile frustrated that he's still in pain. Ow! Oh, my back! Dr. Steve didn't do anything! Did you do those exercises he gave you? Yeah, right. I did them while you were studying. Ha! <laughs> oh! Oh! Dad, are you okay? Yeah. In fact, I feel fantastic. 
<laughs> Are you a little disappointed that the chiropractor signage just says Dr. Steve Chiropractor? Yeah, they could have be like they could have had a jokey like slogan, we'll crack you up. I like that. Ooh. Their high five leads Homer to fall over backwards on a trash can, which cures his back ailments, and he gets the idea to sell it as Dr. Homer's spino cylinder. Patent pending. Patent pending. There's another one. You're right, because he, he goes back to when he's explaining it in the kitchen, which we haven't got to yet, but all right. Yeah, so Homer explains his invention to the family and learns that there's a con living in the house, but that the con has no interest in Homer's scheme and just wants three meals and a job. And Marge thinks she knows where she can get one. So then we have the patent pending. Patent pending. Uh, yet again. And we have Marge looking out the window and instead of the prison, now it's <laughs> Springfield Elementary School. So that joke pays off. Yeah, there's needs to be a map in Springfield that's just <laughs> makes sense. In Marge's head, yeah. Homer has set up the garage as a makeshift clinic and instantly finds patients, of course. Dr. Steve confronts Homer as he's taking all the business from him and Dr. Steve sends a warning to Homer to stop cryopracting. <laughs> so Marge and Jack visit Skinner to apply for a job painting a mural to improve school spirit. Marge lies to Skinner saying that Waterville Prison is actually Waterville State, a liberal arts college. Skinner is impressed and Jack gets a second or rather third chance and Marge begins to worry. Jack paints a mural and he reveals his mural with a shapely female Viking wielding two swords atop a large feline with the words Puma Pride. Nelson is impressed with Jack's work, but Skinner hates it. He had a napkin drawing, envisioning a cutesy kitten between two simply drawn children under a rainbow. I'm asking a couple questions on this one. Um, Is this the first time Springfield Elementary we've found out their mascot is a puma? I do believe so, yes. I I don't know of any other instance where the Puma Pride was actually shown. I was going to ask you if you remember, but yeah, if you guys out there know anything, I don't know. I like it, and this Puma Pride with the, the very much the Xena look mm-hmm. that'd be kind of a badass tattoo. Yeah, mm. maybe. Maybe that's my tattoo. All right. Well, Skinner makes Jack redo the mural and Marge offers some advice. Jack, I know you hate to betray your artistic vision, but just do it. I guess I could bend a little. Just till you make it. Remember, I believe in you. Thanks, Marge. Listen, if you're done with that washing machine, can I make some booze in it? Not until you finish your Sunday. Yes, ma'am. Back at Homer's clinic, we see Homer curing Mo of his physical pain, allowing him to focus on his emotional pain when some visitors drop by. Oh, Daddy, Daddy, why? Why won't you hug me? You hugged a male man. Excuse me, sir. Is this El Clinico Magnifico? Ah, you saw our bus ad. We'd uh, like to invest in your spinal adjustment device. We might be able to do business. <laughs> We'll need to take some photographs. Hey, where are you going with that? Wait a minute. No investor could bend like that. They're chiropractors. Come on, let's go. No, my spinal cylinder. They'll pay for what they did to my can. Man, I, I really feel for Mo. Yeah. He's so sad. Doesn't have his daddy's love. Oh, I was going to bring that up. Thank you for saying that. Spoilers, you know, we find out kind of why. I mean, his dad kicked him out of the family business of uh, right. mattress Mattressil. Yeah. And he also hugged the mailman. Yeah, this is a prequel to King Lear. Yes. Uh, if you haven't heard that episode, it's only a few weeks old. So the chiropractor snatch Homer's can and smash it with model vertebrae. As the uh, mural is about to be unveiled, Skinner warms up the audience. You know, when Superintendent Charles suggested a school mural. I almost thought he said a school mural. 
Muriel's his sister. And, uh, well, thank you, Bruce Valanche. Whoopi would have made it work. In that clip, Skinner makes a joke about Muriel instead of a mural. And then you hear a gun cocking. And that's actually another one of these two-part jokes. Oh, I missed Because that. earlier in the episode, I think it's somebody's talking in the prison and you hear the gun cock too. So right. you are so right. There are so many of these jokes that have just two beats. But we only get, what, one Bruce Valanche joke played by a Bruce Valanche? Nice cameo, though. He's wearing a Flintstone shirt. Yeah. Because this was the time he was on, like, Hollywood with squares and always wear like a funny shirt right because he was like center square or yeah actually whoopie man whoopie was, yeah whoopie was center square that's why he made the whoopie reference yeah right and a young tom bergeron hosted before he would go on to dance with the stars the new mural is Skinner's vision to a T, and the reaction is expectedly poor. The painting is wimpy, lacks edge, and is even too sugary for Flanders. Jeepers, that's sugary even for my taste. I love when Flanders finds wholesome things, like <laughs> even annoying. It, yeah. It's just a great way to prove to the audience, even Flanders hates this. Yeah, it's, it's great. So Skinner throws Jack under the bus, blaming him for the cuddly painting, and Marge breaks the two up from fighting. As the principal plans the school lunch menu with Willie and lunch aid, Doris. I like how they set it up like it was a network programming. Millhouse runs to inform him that the school is on fire. I was going to bring that up too with the the lunch menu. It's I would just love to be a oh my God. network executive. I, like okay, I'm sure I've told you this, but when I was like seven, I did not want to be a fireman. I did not want to be a police officer. I wanted to be the guy who made the schedule, and that's exactly what I imagined for after school programming. Ooh. And like mostly sitcoms for like after the cartoons. So like, yep. where would Gilligan's Island go? Where would Brady Bunch go? Where would who's Bosco, where would growing pains go? That's what I wanted to do, and actually, I would still like to do it today. When you got home from school, the cartoon started at three and went to mm-hmm. five, but was there always there was always news between five and six? Yeah, but the, a lot of times the Fox affiliate right. or the whatever UPN was before UPN yeah. was a thing, they would not have a news na- network, so they might show other reruns. Yeah, so from like three to three to five was like cartoons. Like for me, it'd be, it'd be like um, Batman, the animated series mm-hmm. had to be in there. Uh, a Tiny Toons or, or a, a, what's Animaniacs. Animaniacs. The Disney block, of course. You can't forget. Yeah, so let's do, okay, let's do a, this is how it would go. So let's say from three, three o'clock, let's throw on Tiny Toons. Mm-hmm. And at three thirty, we'll put Animaniacs on. I like those back to back. Absolutely. And then at four o'clock was always Batman. I think for us. Yeah, I think so. And then it's so like four thirty. I gotta throw on something else. I would uh, throw on some Ducktales. Ducktail. Maybe Ducktales starts it off then. Yeah, because I, I just feel like. If we can only grab one Disney cartoon, because I don't want to give up Tiny Toons or Animaniacs, and you have to have Batman. Yeah. So if we're going to have one Disney cartoon, I feel like DuckTales is the strongest candidate. And, like, Batman was the was the, the more mature cartoon. Yeah. So you needed so that you as, play that later. As, like, the 4.30 show, right? Yeah. When, when kids are going to bed. <laughs> right. It was the Seinfeld of this day at the 9 o'clock, but 4 o'clock. Show about a rich asshole who can't relate to anybody. <laughs> So beyond that, so then you go at five o'clock. I would do Simpsons for until eight o'clock. <laughs> makes sense. Makes perfect sense to me. We could go go on too long, like putting like Cheers in and then putting in. Oh yeah. We would put and then some Night Court. Yeah, this would this is like pre Seinfeld, pre like Seinfeld was just new on the air and right. It wasn't syndicated yet. Yeah, so we're we're like thinking like classic shows. I would probably put on Growing Pains or Who's the Boss, maybe mm-hmm. uh, shows that I liked. I I would go Cheers. Yeah, Cheers. Maybe some Family Ties. Family Ties, that's a good one to do. It might be controversial, guys, but oh. I say Cosby Show, too. This was when it was okay. We didn't yeah. know what was going on with, with Theo. And now 
and uh, that guy working at Trader Joe's doing an honest living. How dare he? What an embarrassment. <laughs> what an embarrassment. Ah, oh, jeez. Alvin. It's the most embarrassing thing to ever come out of the Cosby show, except for Razor and Simone. I don't know why she's getting thrown under the bus. <laughs> Skinner runs out to see the mural in Blaze, and there's only one suspect it could be. Sideshow Bob. That's right. This fall. Um, the cutesy mural burns away to reveal the original badass painting, and the entire school's impressed. Sadly, the badass mural also burns away. So Jack is hiding out on the playground one of those like tube thingies mm-hmm. and Marge finds him he denies starting the fire but feels that he'd be unjustly accused convinced Marge comes up with a ruse to distract Jack I found some evidence that points to the real arsonist well let's see it not yet you have to guess what it is we don't have time for guessing games nah let's try it it might be fun is it DNA mm-hmm. so it's like DNA um a hatchet? You had a turn. I want to guess. I really enjoyed Marge's ruse with Wiggum playing along, but then Skinner also playing along, which is kind of out of character for Skinner. Yeah. Which is a good thing. That's why I think it's funny. It is funny. And I like that, like, they both end up being game for it. And Wiggum's just so bad at it. Like, is it DNA? Sort of DNA. Because, <laughs> I mean, everything is sort of DNA. Right. We then see that Jack Crowley has set fire to Skinner's car. And as he's arrested, he screams, Puma Pride, repeatedly. Puma Pride! Puma Pride! It ends with Jack there is in the back of the police car, and Marge has had enough with him. And as they head back to prison, Wiggum asks Crowley about life in prison. And our episode ends with a kind of offensive joke about gay strongmen, and we roll credits. Well, we've gone through this episode, so I think we should take a break, digest it, and then discuss our final thoughts on this. How about that? Sounds great. All right. We'll be right back. My wife and I like watching that Oz show on HBO. Uh, is prison really like that? Well, no. We only get basic cable. Ouch. Yeah, I also like that sex in the city. <laughs> None of those girls look like my wife. <laughs> Sports Center's not bad. Yeah, I never got that show. What's to get? They just tell the scores. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Hey, you ever meet any mob guys? Uh, are they really like the Sopranos? I told you. We just get basic cable. Oh, right, right, right. Listen, if I'm getting too chatty, just, uh, just tell me to shut up. Nah, I'm enjoying it. Hey, have you ever watched them strongman contests? They're pretty good. Those guys look strong. A lot of guys in prison say they're gay, but I don't know. They look strong to me. And we're back from our break. Steve, let's finish up this episode of Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Let's review it. All right. So you were saying earlier about this episode that we talked about it off hod that we've kind of had a disdain for this episode. Could yes. Have, we could have put our finger on it. Why? But I think you did. So why? Yeah. So I just happened to realize this as I, as we were talking that I always kind of had, like you said, a disregard hatred of this episode. And, but with watching it, like there were some really funny lines. And even though third act kind of falls apart and the plot's not super strong it's kind of a fun episode and i didn't know why i didn't like it and then it hit me it's the fact that jack crowley is such a mean character or such an unlikable character i guess i should say that it made me mad because he hurt marge so much that i consciously didn't like the episode because that happened so this fictional man hurt my friend marge who's also fictional (laughs) so i'm mad at the episode which i guess means that it's good writing she's our tv mom so the fact that he 
he yeah. he hurt our mother. Uh, he's a dick. You're right. He's, he has no redeeming qualities. Yeah, and the fact that he like not only was a criminal, but the way that he played with her trust, that's what hurts the most. Yeah. I also want to say that a few episodes ago, I really enjoyed Ray Liotta's portrayal as uh, Moe's father, mm-hmm. as an acting-wise. And I think Michael Keaton up there, even though the character is terrible, I really enjoyed Michael Keaton. There, yeah. there, was, a little, there was a little bit of Beetlejuice coming through, which... I'm fine with. But it was like, like an original character. I felt like he had a fun time doing this role. I would like to see Jack Crowley in the future. I don't know. I'd like to see Michael Keaton return. I think that he could team up with Snake and they could have some adventures together. Right. I think you're right about that That reaction with... Mm-hmm. There had to have been an episode, I'm trying to think of an episode where they didn't trust... Well, okay, so it's a mad, 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 mad Marge where mm-hmm. they didn't trust... Parker Posey where she didn't. It was the reverse right. of Marge. But again, didn't she end up saying like, well, I was trying to be with Homer but yeah. then I gave up. I don't know. Uh, but in the end, you don't hate Becky? Right. Shut up. Shut up, Becky. Um, yeah. um, another line that we use all the time. Yep. I think, yeah, just the fact that, you know, even like Jim Varney is like... Uh, oh, there's a good one. There you go. Like, I don't like that episode either, probably for similar reasons, but uh, Steve, they are so Steve's dumb. Steve's to yeah. Bart, Bart Carney uh, mm-hmm. where Jim Varney plays the Carney and he takes the house and and Homer wins it back in a ring toss. Okay. Right. Just, just trying to throw um, a reference there. Thank you, yes. Uh, so that episode kind of left me wrong, too. And I think it's for the same reason as, like, the characters are just assholes. And with Bart Carney, the characters are a bit dumber. So you kind of feel bad for them, even though they are hucksters. But, yeah, Crowley just is aware. And he doesn't need to be an asshole, but he is. Yeah. So that's, those are my three cents. So, th- th- like you said already, we're backtracking to what you said. So good writing. I agree. Any other thoughts left on this episode? There's no Maggie in this episode. We've had once before, but it's still weird. Right, not even seeing her like at the kitchen table when Homer's going through his patent of the garbage can chiropractor thing. Like you'd assume Maggie would just be sitting there right. in her high chair, but no. Yep. Um, yeah, and in the prison rodeo, there's even a shot of Marge where she's not doing anything with her hands. Huh. And it seems like she could be holding Maggie, so I don't know. Right. Maybe Maggie... Maybe Patty and Selma wanted uh, Maggie for the weekend. Yeah, that's it. Or they just maybe the apron festival. They didn't want babies allowed because babies would see an opportunity just to throw up on all the aprons because that's what they do. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So maybe no babies were allowed, and so they ponder off to Patty and Selma, and there you go. That makes sense. Yeah. Also, the showrunner said that the writers wanted to do a Marge episode, but they felt that Marge getting a job had been done too often, so that's why she kind of became a teacher, but not really a job. I'm trying to think of Marge getting job episodes and she was a cop. She worked with Homer at the power plant. Uh, she was pretzel, a small business owner. Pretzel pretzels, wagon. yeah. But a woman having three jobs, I mean, what is this? That's three too many, right? That's right. I'm trying to think of other Marge gets, but I see what the writers were saying. Yeah. Which is, it's the simple like, all right, this week, uh, Marge gets a job. Oh, real estate agent. Real estate agent. There you go. Realty yeah. bites. Yeah, I'm sure there's more. Yeah. Let, let's just come up with three off the top of our head real quick, okay? So I'll go all first. Right. Marge, becomes a gravedigger a cotton candy salesperson a perfume salesperson a no sex escort oh i like that a marvel's avenger <laughs> nice with her with her a... patented vacuum cleaner oh uh, yes beat those guys because it's the same game as x-men <laughs> right. don't tell anybody um a late night talk show host that's actually a good idea too <laughs> i know yours, I like actually, yours actually makes sense i like <laughs> up I don't know, late night talk show. I think she'd have a morning show. 
That's true. Like, yeah, she'd be like an Oprah type. Up and Adam with Marge or something, or <laughs> oh, and with Rainier Wolfcastle as like her band. Yeah, leader. no, no, as the sidekick. Yeah. Like it's like Kelly and oh, Ryan and Kelly. right. He, it'd be oh my god. Like we're not even pitching an episode, but I have it now. It's like Rainier, oh no, but this is good. I can totally see Rainier this. Wolfcastle has a new morning show and he needs a co-host and... and he also wants to be liked by women, right? Because like maybe maybe we can throw back that. Uh... Schwarzenegger scandal from like four years ago oh, he had, where he had oh, a baby with yeah. a nanny. Which makes perfect sense for a Simpsons episode because their jokes are four years old. <laughs> exactly. Like this joke's probably like ten years old, but still. <laughs> right. So yeah, so Rainier Castle is trying to get back in the public eye. He gets a talk show in the morning where women watch, but to get women viewers, he needs a female co-host. So Marge somehow gets in. Yes, I see this episode yes. just working out. Oh man, this is organic. <sighs> yeah. Is that the bell for it's an improved episode? I think so. Right, I heard a bell on your side. Um, okay. <laughs> Okay, well, there's our pitch for the episode. Hey, we got it. Okay. <laughs> so, other than that, any other trivia for Pokemon? Well, following the original broadcast of the episode, uh, the, the staff members of the show received several complaints from chiropractors. Why is that? The 2001 February issue of Dynamic Chiropractor Magazine featured an article about the episode that said it had poked a fun at numerous people and about every institution and prof- profession imaginable, including chiropractory, and just basically doctors didn't like the way that they perceived chiropractors. They they got kind of hurt because the Simpsons made fun of them. Oh, But I remember Aww. this time to kind of thank people were put down chiropractors that they were yeah making things worse uh i've and never been to, just kind of pain to your pain i've never been to a chiropractor and i think i'm still with that same mindset of like well they're gonna ruin my back even more so yeah yeah i mean i kind of wish i had one right now let's do our our quotes i think we already kind of said in the episode my favorite quote of course is the double jokes oh let's review the double jokes real quick okay yes perfect so we had first one i believe was the sideshow bob there was that joke the the Sunday, Marge looking out the window. The Sundays, yeah. the gun cocking when people make bad jokes. In right, crowds. gun cocking. What was the other ones we missed? I think we kind of covered it. Anyways, but it was just a bunch of two jokes. Uh, which mm-hmm. leads to my favorite quote was the Marge. Why does anyone like my Sundays? That's my favorite quote because I use that joke throughout my texting vernacular. <laughs> yeah, and that is, as we mentioned, a very close second for me. I just have to go with the Air and Space Museum just because that was really funny to me. So for tattoos, Steve, I kind of teased. I said that may be the mural with the Puma and the Xena looking lady. That would be a classic tattoo. It's the mural, guys. That's that's my tattoo. With the... Alrighty, so I like the mural a lot, but I gotta go with Skinner's drawing. That's the tattoo that I want. I have the original Jack Crowley tattooed on my back, and you have the Skinner's vision of the yep. mural. Alright. Yep. That would be an interesting, like, going to Comic-Con, and no one would get the reference. <laughs> yeah. One of these days, we're gonna have to talk about Simpsons costumes and dressing up as characters from the show or references from the show. We should, yeah, definitely. Let's save that for uh, an October episode. We'll do a treehouse and we'll talk about. That sounds great. We got a few months, mm-hmm. and we'll force ourselves to watch a treehouse in the month of I'll October. Start making notes now. <laughs> There's our tattoos. Let's give this the final rating. Steve, I'll go first if that's all right with you. Already, yes. the episode title is "Poke a Mom," which is a reference to the hit game. Game cartoon series Pokemon. With that, I'm going to give my ranking out of 10 Pokeballs. Oh, that's right. I'm going to give this episode a 5.5 Pokeballs. 5.5 Pokeballs. That seems a harsh bit fair. Because of Michael Keaton's character. 
You said mm-hmm. earlier we didn't like him, but that's a good thing. But also, yeah, Mike Scully just brings the Simpsons down. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> there's again, there's a few jokes in there, but I I just feel like a lot of it kind of dragged for me. Here's what I have there's... going for it. All right, there's you, you know the Sunday joke, Charles Napier. You know the Aaron Space joke. Some nice visual gags, but what it has bad with it, I think, is that after the second act, it just feels rushed and kind of low stakes and crappy. There's there's no heart to it, which That's is one true. of my favorite things. With if they would have resolved it with Jack being like. Ah, Marge, you're right. Like, uh, a heart felt like I am an idiot, dumb type of thing. Mm-hmm. It, it just ends, like you said it before, it ends painfully for Marge, where like that would make a real person like totally distrust everyone else like in the future. Yeah. So that's why I kind of like, not a fan of this episode. I like the jokes. Also, it uses the two joke structure for like all mm-hmm. the jokes. Of, like, let's make a call which back. Which is interesting. This, which is interesting, which, exactly. I don't say if I like it or not, but yeah, there you go. So like I said, five, yeah. I'm keeping with my 5.5 Pokeballs. Alrighty, well, I feel like going into this, I remembered it very negatively, and I feel like as a bit of therapy, going and finding out what made me mad about the episode kind of helped, but it's still ultimately not a great episode. It just has some fun jokes, so I have to give it 5.25 Pokeballs. Oh, you go with the Pokeballs too? Alright. Yeah, yeah. Tell us what you think about this episode, everyone. Tweet us, I three at simpsons other than that what else do we got for this episode well we do have uh, one more sure. thing and it's uh, a little sad all right and also a little bit out of date by the time you hear this we're but two weeks behind everyone we, we recently lost a uh, voice actor rusty taylor who played uh, many characters throughout her career especially on the simpsons uh she is best known as playing sherry and terry but i think most memorably as martin prince yeah this this sucks too because it's one of those situations where what do you do now as a mm-hmm. writer or as the show I think Al Jean was quoted that they're going to retire the characters Oh, um, yeah which, like, she did Wendell, which, fine, retire Wendell, he doesn't really talk anyways, right? That's right. Sherry O'Terry, I think that's fine, but for me, yeah. it really hits with Martin. Martin's one of my favorites of the Springfield characters. I agree. He has some of them the funny quotes we should play a little tribute of favorite martin quotes after we to honor Ressie taylor yeah one of my favorite stories of Ressie taylor let's just it's not a substance thing but she was the voice of Minnie mouse from like 82 to now mm-hmm. she met her husband wayne alwyn he was a voice actor too and do you know who he played who's he that? played mickey mouse oh my Up god and- that's the most adorable thing Up until, thing ever. I think, 99, when he passed away, they, they were still married. And the fact that Minnie Mouse and Mickey Mouse were actually married in real life in, like, the 80s and beyond. Yeah. Like, this is something, <laughs> like, tell this to Nazi Walt Disney. Like, you know your main characters are actually married in real life, the voice actors. And you would love that. Yeah. Um, this sounds like it's going to be a Disney movie, right? The story of oh, Rusty and Wayne. Oh, I so, yeah. Voices in love. Right. And then you can yeah. have, like, some sort of, like, Roger Rabbit type of movie where it's you'll have mickey and minnie in the oh, movie yeah. but then you'll have the actors playing you are killing it on business tonight that's that's another <laughs> so good one yeah love story right but you know make it g-rated mm-hmm. so kids can see this too fucking like i'm looking at a picture of Ressie taylor right now like just just cast reese witherspoon as her right oh yeah I can totally uh, see that. wayne alwyn i don't know another dude ryan gosling, ryan gosling there you go yeah. <laughs> oh, and you know what? Let's make it a musical. Of course. <laughs> but yeah, do you have any favorite Martin quotes? The, it's not a quote so much as just in the Das Bus episode when he does the dance and the humming that she does. Right. It's really good. Uh, Finland, let's see that native dance. 
smile more. Work that pelvis. No, too much smile. Sit down. <laughs> Al Jean saying that they want to retire like the characters of Martin, Sherry, it, that they might do that. Mm-hmm. How would you go about, would you, would you retire the characters? Maybe. I mean, maybe you throw in a scene in like, or the beginning of season 31 and have Sherry, Terry, Uter, and Martin being transferred to a new school. That's exactly what I was thinking too. These students are all going to New Springfield. <laughs> and uh, one of my favorite quotes, now that I think about it, is in the one where it's summer and Bart breaks his leg. Yes. And he's uh, queen of the summer. Yeah. And then he sings summer wind. Oh, beautiful. All right. You know what, Steve? I think that's how we're going to end this little tribute. Let's hear. I think Let's so. hear Martin sing summer wind. The summer wind came blowing in. From across the sea R.A.P. Ressie Taylor. You'll be missed. Steve, let's finish up this episode with our usual finding out what we're watching next week. Alrighty. I am going to carefully spin the wheel of random. <laughs> a little less juice. a little rusty on that one, yeah. That's my okay. neck. <laughs> Alright, well, we're watching an episode from season 22. 22. And to spin for the... Actually, you know what, Craig... Could you spin the wheel for me for the episode? Nope. Okay. (laughs) Only one of those noises was fake. (laughs) Uh, Episode 15, Steve. Cool. All right. Let's find out what this is. Season 22, episode 15. It's called The Scorpion's Tale. During a field trip, Lisa discovers desert water that makes uh, usually combative creatures get along. Oh. And then that must be A story. Then B story says, after getting kicked out of the retirement home, Grandpa comes to live with the Simpsons family. Originally aired March 6th, 2011. Do you remember this episode, Craig? Me neither. Well, we're going to find out what this episode is next week. So if you need to contact us, please do. Please let other people know about this Simpsons podcast. We Tell a friend. We are at 138 Simpsons on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can always email us at 138simpsons at gmail.com. And for this week, we are the Annoyed Grunt Boys. I'm half an Annoyed Grunt Boy, Craig. And I'm your other half an Annoyed Grunt Boy, Steve. Until then, keep watching the skis. Did you say smock run?